Hello and welcome to this special edition of The Gold Podcast. I'm your host, Isabel O'Brien, and with me as ever is my co-host, Jade Williams. How are you doing today, Jade? I'm doing very well, thank you, and I'm very much looking forward to today's episode. Well, that's great because we are going to be doing something a little different, as I mentioned. So each season from now on, we're planning to dedicate one episode to a deep dive where we look into a topic that affects the entire industry and have a discussion, just the two of us. Today, we'll be discussing farmers' responsibility to the LGBTQ plus community as we come to the end of Pride Month that took place this June. We'll be taking you through a range of topics that affect both patients and pharmaceutical companies, so stay tuned to find out more. Over the past month, you may have heard calls to boycott certain brand and products, from Bud Light Beer to Burger King, because they've shown solidarity with the LGBTQ community, and this is sadly nothing new, but it has been rampant over the past month, particularly so in the US. Indeed, what should be a month of celebration often brings unfounded criticism and complications. So today we're going to ask the question, how can the pharma industry support the community, avoid rainbow washing or tokenism, and truly make a difference to patients and staff that identify as LGBTQ+. Let's start with advertising and messaging. Now, many companies have come up with innovative campaigns this Pride Month, and this includes a commendable move from Novartis, which saw the company raise the Pride flag over all of their sites. While this is a great move, it is vital to be creating communications all year round that support the community. Historically, LGBTQ plus patients have only really been celebrated on awareness months or represented in HIV campaigns, with less than 44% of respondents in a Freesia Life Sciences survey agreeing that pharma marketing reflected their experiences as a member of the community, and this just really is not enough. This kind of representation, even at the most superficial level, is necessary if patients are to feel recognised and supported by organisations. Yes, I think we all want to see ourselves represented in marketing, whether that's in television or in pharma. I think it's incredibly important to to remember that. Another way in which the pharmaceutical industry can help is through another form of representation, and that is clinical trials. This is particularly important for transgender patients. So an issue I explored in a recent article was around clinical trial data and how historically these patients, they're just not represented. And actually, efforts really need to be improved to get them into trials that are taking place today. Yes, companies really do need to move to review their enrolment approaches to attract and accommodate trans patients to make the scope of research much more inclusive. In that same survey I mentioned earlier, it was revealed that only 33% of transgender men and only 30% of transgender women agreed that the pharma industry understands what they need. Clearly room for some growth there, I would say. One quote I especially liked from that piece came from Jennifer Petter, who is the founder and chief innovation officer at Aricus Therapeutics, who said, while there are complexities, many categories of patients offer complexities. Her advice to companies? Just do it. So we've just discussed how the industry can avoid tokenism and support patients in a meaningful way. But what about how it behaves closer to home? We're now going to take a look at some inspiring initiatives from four leading pharmaceutical companies to reveal which organisations are excelling and what other companies can learn from their approaches. 
Indeed. Let's start with Bristol-Myers Squibb. This company encourages its employees to disclose their LGBTQ plus status in diversity surveys, and it ensures that diversity metrics are tracked and celebrated. For example, in their 2021 ESG report, BMS revealed that between 2019 and 2021, the percentage of employees who disclosed their gender identification and sexual orientation status grew from 6.4% to 14.8%. Mm, that's a great spike to be seen in just over two years. It really shows the value in giving people the option to identify and how BMS is prioritising pride, really, and people feeling pride in being who they are at work. Over at Eli Lilly, though, uh, the company has implemented a unique reverse mentoring scheme. So this allows LGBTQ plus employees to teach senior leaders about diversity issues, creating a space for open discussion and hopefully with the goal of driving meaningful change. Reverse mentoring is a great education tool overall, and we've actually written a handy how to guide about it. So if you would like to learn more, check it out in the show notes below. Yes, do do that. In the article, Rebecca Hunt, Vice President, Patient and Community Engagement at Vertex Pharmaceuticals, who has taken part in such a programme, says, It's really normal for everyone to be nervous at the start of one of these programmes. There could easily be sensible worries around showing yourself up for not knowing something. But she emphasises that if these fears can be overcome, there are huge wins to be claimed. Absolutely. Genetech is another company we'd like to highlight. They are staunchly committed to LGBTQ plus inclusion and they were actually one of the first companies in the US, and this is massive, to extend benefits to same-sex domestic partners back in 1994. Today, they continue to prioritise inclusivity and they actually offer gender-affirming coverage and support services within their US health plan, which a lot of companies don't. So again, a very huge win for Genetech. Last, but by no means least, Pfizer actively promotes awareness within the company through its Pride Journal, where employees share personal stories to foster understanding and empathy. Pfizer also publicly opposes anti-LGBTQ legislation and partners with activists to raise awareness of broader issues facing the community, which is just amazing. Yeah, that last point is hugely important. We love to see companies coming out in support this way. And that also brings us back really to where the episode began. I think Pride Month is such a valuable international event and it does raise a huge amount of awareness each year. But it is also a stark reminder of how much work the world still needs to do to eradicate bias and prejudice against the LGBTQ plus community. Absolutely. For all our listeners, it's clear that the pharmaceutical industry is making great efforts to be in the community's corner. But of course, it's important that this continues beyond Pride Month and is a pledge all year round. Absolutely. Well, thank you for listening to us today. I hope you found our deep dive insightful. We look forward to be bringing you a new interview next week. So until then, take care. Bye.